Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sometimes, life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. A vast universe exists within and beyond our reality. What we realize with our five senses is but a tiny fraction of all that is real. The universe is not a product of matter and energy, but a projection of consciousness and energy. Welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm Joe Wegent, your guide and advocate as we remove the blinders of our everyday lives and experience together all that exists out there in the world beyond our world. Today we have a, uh, a great guest with us. Today our guest is uh, Chris Cruz. She is a yoga instructor. Chris took a few yoga classes in Evansville years ago when hot yoga was the only type of yoga available. She moves to Scottsdale, Arizona for a year and began looking for a yoga in, uh, studio in that town. After learning that she would be moving back to Indiana, she obtained her 200-hour yoga teacher certificate so that way she could continue to practice on her own and teach others. Once back in Evansville, she immediately put her teacher training to work, hosting yoga classes at health clubs, spas, and church groups all over the area. Within no time at all, she was teaching 13 classes a week. The constant travel convinced her to open her own studio and have her students come to her for instruction. She ran her own studio for nearly six years. And during this time, she also began to teach and certify others to teach yoga in her studio. She has been conducting teacher training for over 10 years now and has taught over 100 yoga teachers. This year, she's going to instigate a 300-hour yoga teacher training program and plans to start teaching new teachers soon. Chris still teaches private, public, and corporate classes. Welcome to the world beyond, Chris. We are delighted to have you with us today. Thanks. It's good to be here. 
So what was it that got you interested in that first class? And how long ago was that? You know, it's funny. Yoga wasn't even popular then. That was about 1999. And, you know, in this small town we live in, um, it was not popular. And I'd heard from a couple of friends about a hot yoga class that was in town. And I always um, was out there trying different things, new things. And um, so I went one day with my friend and it was um, a totally different experience. Well, one that I, I can't say that I loved it, but it certainly opened my eyes to this idea that I needed to explore yoga more. I was just kind of drawn to that. And I, I took just a couple more classes, but again, it was not my favorite thing. Um, so then the, um, when the move happened to Arizona, there was yoga on almost every corner, uh, which was a, a wonderful thing. So that's when I um, found a studio out there. But I guess the, the whole thing about it is I didn't know anything about it, um, which really made it a little more exciting. And no one else knew much about it either. So what was it that you liked and didn't like about it the first time you tried it? I think because it was an exercise where it was non-competitive. There was, you weren't comparing yourself to anybody else, just you were doing exercise for yourself without anybody righting you, wronging you, anything. And what were the detractions? The what, attractions? What, what was it that you did not like about the class? Oh, um, well, it was hot yoga, um, and funny now, I love hot yoga, but back then, um, the idea of sweating um, so much while you were exercising didn't, it didn't make sense to me. So um, I, I think that that's what it was. The main thing was just the heat, and, and I just kept thinking, my goodness, it's so hot in here. But um, now, of course, hot yoga and non-hot yoga is very popular, but that's what it was back then, is I, I just didn't like the heat. Now, I have never tried the hot yoga yet. I've, I've done classes before, and uh, I, I was immediately humbled by the experience. But I have not tried the hot yoga, despite all the people I know that say that they love it. I, I, I guess for me, it would be the, uh, the idea of you know, creating a puddle of sweat in a room full of uh, women, for me, is probably... I'm, I'm more worried about the other people in the room than I am myself, I would suppose. <laughs> yes, that's true. And and you do have to be prepared for hot yoga. You have to have a, you know, a certain equipment like towels and making sure you have your water bottle and where if you do the non-hot, you know, you don't need so much, you know, most of the time, not even water during class. So um, there's that preparation if you're going to take a hot yoga class. But I, I do think it's amazing. And, you know, um, it's just something that I figured out a few years ago that now, now my body craves the hot yoga. So kind of funny thing. But um, but that is a wonderful thing about it that you don't um, you know, you don't have to be good at it. So um, I guess after I started taking classes, um, it was uh, so great for me to try new things that I'd never done, like standing on my head. You know, maybe as a kid, I maybe did it just in play. But, you know, it was it was amazing just to do uh, back bends and touching your toes and things that you um yeah, and, and even crazier things, you know, like some of the really advanced poses where it was fun to try. Well, we're going to get back to that right after we go to our first break. My friends, you're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. We are talking to Chris Cruz this hour about the benefits of yoga. Stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good to Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs, 
songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an eight-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent. This hour, we're talking with Chris Cruz about the benefits of yoga. Chris, you know, I see on TV all these people doing yoga, and of course, you know, they're doing these amazing poses that just show off some incredible flexibility. Uh, I myself, I've been studying martial arts for 30 years, so I, I, I have some flexibility, but does one need to like be in that kind of shape to begin taking a yoga class? You know, that is the biggest question asked over and over again. Um, do I have to be flexible? Or they say, I can't take yoga because I'm not flexible. And when I first started, I had no idea. And that is exactly what I said is I want to become more flexible, but, but really what, what is flexible even mean? Um, so if, if you can bend over and touch your toes and I can't, it, it doesn't really make a big difference in the, the yoga class because everybody just kind of starts from where they are. It's kind of, it's a hard, um, discussion and, um, and conversation to have with people when, when they say I'm not flexible, that that's why I can't do it. And it's almost like they're, they're giving up then, but it has nothing to do with it. There are so many things that have nothing to do with flexibility in yoga. So it's a, but that is the absolute biggest question. So you, you don't have to be flexible. I think you have to have more of an open mind. And if I always tell people, just take a class, just try it. And if you don't like that teacher, or that class, then try something else because there are so many different types and styles of teachers and yoga, but flexibility really has nothing to do with it. I mean, everyone can, most everyone can lift their arm up to some extent. Most everyone can lift their leg to some extent. Most of us can bend to some extent, but it doesn't matter. You know, we're not measured or graded when we walk into a yoga class. So, which is actually a wonderful thing, but um, it, 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 is that, it is the biggest, biggest question asked by people. And it's amazing when you do get those people that say they're not flexible to come to class, they're the very ones who are thrilled when they can touch their toes and when they can reach their arms all the way up above their head. And then some people never get there, but that's, it's just really not what it's about. Do you see a lot of, uh, really drastic uh, body shape transformations when someone has been uh, taking these classes for a while? You know, I think it varies among people. And, and there are some people who take yoga um, to become stronger. Um, there are people that take yoga to lose weight. And I think the people that you see transform like that are the ones that are actually getting in touch with themselves through the practice. Most yoga classes it's quiet. It's silent. Occasionally a student may or may not ask something, but most of the time it's, it's silent. Only the teacher is talking. So that means that people are on their mats doing their own thing. And at some point it touches parts of us 
whether they like it or not, or think it or not, it touches parts of us that make us think. So my teacher always said, you're probably not going to leave this class today and go eat pizza because it just doesn't, you know, your body's kind of in a different, and your mind is in kind of a different place. So I think the people that you see transformed are the ones that find maybe kind of a sense of freedom or, or maybe, um, I don't know, a better way to say it, maybe kind of tying, it ties all the pieces together, that whole, you know, we always say the body mind, you know, connection. So I think that those people maybe not that they work harder in class, but maybe outside of class, they, they think a little bit more mindfully about maybe what they're eating, um, you know, how they're walking, um, things that they do outside of their yoga class. Then I think you see more of a transformation. But I mean, I have seen people, and I know that there have been lots of stories written of people that have lost a lot of weight doing yoga, um, that people that have become so much stronger. I mean, I, I'm even stronger and so thrilled that I'm still doing yoga. Wish I would have found it years and years ago. But um, I mean, it's pretty amazing when you can hold yourself up in a plank position for a couple of minutes at a time. So I think um, even if people don't see a huge uh, transformation on the outside, like as far as, you know, losing inches in their waist or something, they overall have got to be stronger for what they're doing. Most of the classes that I've been involved in have been predominantly uh, uh, filled with women of all ages, and there have been very few men in the classes. And, of course, um, I had the same mindset as a lot of uh, guys do is that, well, you know, it's either for girls or it's for, uh, you know, guys who, you know, are you know not, not tough and rugged like all the rest of us or whatever. But... I, I can tell you from my experience that yoga is extremely humbling. And if you don't uh, leave that first class with a new appreciation of what it's about, uh, then there's, you're not doing it right. How do we get more men to be involved in yoga in, in a way that's going to you know, draw attraction to this practice? You know, I think that I think overall we are seeing more men. I know at the gyms, especially where they have the yoga classes. Now, a lot of them will incorporate, um, like the, uh, yoga for weight training, um, yoga for runners. And I, and I think especially those, the men who have gotten injured in some way, doing some of those sports that they, I think they kind of, um, are, are being more, um, open to doing the yoga classes in the gyms. That that's what I've noticed. Um, a lot of men, now go to the hot yoga classes. The classes I've been in, I mean, there have been um, several that have almost been a half-half mix. So, um, and I don't know if that's just from word of mouth or people saying, oh, this is a really tough class, you should try it. Or, you know, if if they're just feeling tight or, um, yeah, I don't know. I think think it's, we're seeing more men, I, I think. But, you know, I, even when I had, my yoga studio, it is certainly hard to figure people out and um, to to target an audience to try to get them to come. It's a tough thing. I had a yoga teacher who took a, an additional training and he took something that was called broga. So it's actually a, a yoga class um, made just for men. Um, the, the movements and things are more um, more of those, uh, the yang movements, the uh, the the, the planks and and things like that where where men can use their strength 
Um, mm-hmm. So there are actually, you know, some classes that are tailored to men now. But um, I don't know. It's always been a it's just been a tough thing. And, you know, funny, thousands of years ago when yoga started, only men were allowed to do it. And um, of about four of the the big, big teachers, um, one woman, uh, Indra Devi, had to beg Patabi Choice to be able to study and practice. And so she it took her a long time to be able to convince somebody to let her do yoga. So if only men knew that. <laughs> it used to be only men. And men were the, the only yoga teachers, you know, thousands of years ago. Women were not allowed to do yoga. So describe the different kinds of yoga. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard of Ashtanga. There's a power yoga now. There's, uh, you know, a Hatha yoga. What differentiates them? Yeah, the, the Hatha yoga is more what I teach. And that basically just means that the connection of using breath, which is like the pranayama breathing, along with the physical movements and kind of tying them together. And then under Hatha yoga, it's just kind of a, a huge umbrella um, like Ashtanga yoga is the more uh, power yoga, um, and it has some pretty um, a pretty hard series where you know you have to learn one piece of the or one series before you can move on to another. Um, Iyengar yoga it's very um, uh, prompt based um, and alignment based. Everything a lot of precision in it. Um, a lot of people have made up their own yoga things that have kind of spurred from those those main things. Uh, Kundalini yoga is, you know, all about releasing energy up the base of the spine. Um, there aren't a lot of variations in the, the town that we're in. You know, there's a lot of the, the flow type vinyasa yoga. Um, but those are kind of the the big ones that you hear a lot about. The, um, the Ashtanga, the Iyengar um, the Kundalini, um, then those things, you know, have roots that go, um, hundreds of years back. Um, but, um, mostly I'd say you, you see a lot of the Hatha yoga around here and even the, uh, Bikram yoga, you know, that was just a a man who came up with a sequence, a series, and then used his name in it and, um, you know, started it as a, a popular, um, yoga thing. So, and, and from that, it has spun off a lot of other things. Anyasara yoga, which uses a lot of heart opening type movements. And um, uh, some people will even have um, even their own name. You know, I mean, I could do my own thing called cruise yoga and kind of do something a little different in it. So some people have kind of made up their own thing. But but I kind of go back to those, the basics of the the Hatha and, um, and then there is like the karma yoga, which is all about like, you know, giving back. Um, there's a couple other styles that I'm not real familiar with, like Raja yoga, um, which all all those kind of stem back hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But the more popular ones these days are probably like power yoga that probably stemmed from maybe more Ashtanga, which is the power yoga in its own way. Um, and then there's yin yoga, which is something that was it's fairly new, where you hold poses, the, the yin, not the yang poses for, um, you know, up to 10 minutes at a time. So, and then there's sometimes there's things that people make up where they combine, you know, yoga with Pilates and, you know, Yolatis and things like, like that, that are kind of a, and they're, people try new things. And I think we always tend to go back to, um, well, I always go back to what I know as what I feel is yoga. 
Well, that was going to be my next question. Are you more of a traditionalist when it comes to yoga or do you have any appreciation for these people who are taking things and trying to generate something new or uh, trendy with it? You know, I'm, I think it's great. Whatever people, you know, whatever people want to do. Uh, I've not personally tried things like uh, yoga with weights. Um, I think, um, I mean, I think that's a good thing. I think um, also I'm a pretty conservative yoga teacher, so I don't like doing anything where I think somebody could get hurt. And I do, I like going back to the traditional way that I learned, which was breath with movement, learning different breathing techniques, um, adding meditation into the classes. Um, I think sometimes with some of the newer things, not that there's anything wrong with them, but some of the, the newer cute little things that of course are to attract people to try it. Um, I think they miss out on some of those pieces of that quieting the mind and, you know, breathing and, uh, that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm probably just a little more traditional. Um, although, you know, I always tell people, I, um, used to kind of be my thing that, you know, I mean, I wear makeup when I go to yoga, I wear lipstick, you know, used to kind of be my thing because a lot of yoga people, um, that they also have that, and we also have that thing where, you know, a lot of yoga people don't eat meat. Um, you know, you're supposed to bathe, you know, before you go to yoga, after yoga. But I said, well, I'm not leaving my house without makeup. So there's that. But it doesn't take away from me, um, you know, being a, a what, what I feel is a, um, a good yoga person, you know, kind of living the yoga life. Um, and there are all those things that the yamas and niyamas, which are like the ways that we are kind of that yoga people in general are supposed to live and some of the new trendy things I don't know that they ever even touch on or what yamas and niyamas are you know well we're going to get back to some of those kinds of things after we take our break and I also want to get into some of the other uh, benefits of taking yoga so folks stay tuned we're going to be right back and talk more about the benefits of yoga with chris cruz you're listening to the world beyond radio show and i'm your host joe wegent please stay tuned personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back, my friends, to the World Beyond Radio Show. This hour, we're talking with Chris Cruz, who is a yoga instructor here in Evansville, Indiana. And we are going to be discussing the benefits of taking yoga and studying it for yourself. Chris, you know, back when I was a kid, yoga was literally thought Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. Guess what? You are not alone. Support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help you find a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to c-h-u-r-c-h-e-s-care.com to explore the possibilities. Churchescare.com of as uh, that thing that only hippies do in a commune somewhere or if you did that you were you know some uh, some kind of a peacenik listening to the Beatles or you know didn't wash your hair or something like that it was a very very 
fringe element type of thing. But now, every time you're watching TV, you see uh, some commercial about health or wellness or some pharmaceutical, and it is being used now as the picture of health. It's the, the actual health standard, if, if you will. And everyone's always doing a tree pose or doing some other kind of thing like that on TV, and it's it's being described as the picture of health. What happened over the years that changed that outlook on yoga? I would like to think that a lot of a lot more people started taking yoga classes and found that it was healing them in different ways or helping with some kind of pain or ailment they had. I have had people come into yoga classes that have had fibromyalgia that have get tons of relief from yoga back pain. I'd say one in five people at least have some back issue going on, um, shoulder issues, knees. So I think as people, a lot of people I've seen take classes, find that it has helped them in some way, uh, even with stress relief, um, depression. I mean, you name it, I have pretty much seen it. I mean, they have yoga classes for cancer survivors, um, yoga for back pain. So I think over the years, we've people have found that it has helped them. And more doctors are buying into sending people to yoga classes instead of prescribing a pill, which has, you know, was, is, has been and is still just a, you know, an epidemic where doctors will prescribe, you know, pain pills for something where maybe if they move or stretch, it might help it. Uh, I have seen, though, also times where yoga won't help something and you do have to have go the traditional medicine route. But I think that's what's happened. And I, I think that's another reason that the yoga classes have become so big because it, it does have so many benefits with stress relief, with depression, with blood pressure, with um, that back pain, especially, you know, if people go through therapy, they'll come to me and say, hey, we did these yoga poses as part of my therapy for healing my back. Um, so it's kind of funny that, um, you know, even in the, you know, the, the rehab process, people may not know it, but they're probably actually doing yoga poses. So I think that's why, um, I, I think that's why we've seen that. I do think it's funny and always did like it when, um, I had the yoga studio, especially when I would see an article in the newspaper or something on the news about yoga. And it always then would spark attention and I would get phone calls, um, you know, emails asking questions about yoga. So I was thrilled when it became a little more mainstream for us and do think it's pretty cute when it's on pharmaceutical commercials where they're, I know the tree pose you're talking about. So it's pretty cute when that happens. But I think that's what we've seen um, over the years as people have found that yoga has helped them, that yoga has maybe not necessarily healed because I don't really like to use that term, but I think in some way it's helped with some sort of pain or ailment in their life. So what is it about yoga? Uh, most of the people I know who practice it have this this untapped serenity about them. They are always smiling. They're always very centered. They're grounded. You know, It's not just a workout class. It's not an aerobics class. What is it about yoga that just creates that sense of calm and peace with people? You know, um, when I... When I think about it and, and try to even talk about it, I mean, we could go on and on for hours and hours. It's such a big thing 
um, even during the teacher training, when I spend 200 hours with people, I tell them we are just scratching the surface of what yoga is. So I also say I've never met a yoga person I didn't like, which is really amazing if you think about it. I've met a lot of people, but people that come to the classes, you're right, there's something about them that I don't know, and I, again, it's hard for me to describe. When you're in a class with people and you breathe together and you don't know what each other is thinking, but at some point in the class, you know that you're all together doing the same thing. And it is a peaceful thing. And, you know, not every class is, you know, where you leave and you're floating on air and, and feel awesome. But I think it, it kind of helps us um, maybe peel away some some outer layers, kind of going a little bit deeper. And I think people that can tap into that, they're these yoga people that you're talking about, the ones that smile a lot, the ones that, that can handle stress a little bit better. Um, I think people that they're, and of course it doesn't work for everybody and yoga is not for everybody, but I, I feel the same way you do in general that sometimes you can almost tell people that take yoga and, and it kind of helps us with I, it helps my whole attitude. I've always said if I didn't take yoga these past, you know, 15, 17 years, I might be cuckoo because it really does help. It grounds you. It centers you. I mean, even if you can't sit for a half hour and meditate, if I can do some yoga poses and move my body, it, it really, it's a total, it changes your attitude. I mean, it, it, it just makes you feel better all over. I had a, a friend, another yoga teacher, he's a PhD, and he did his uh, dissertation on yoga and the benefits. And the, the main thing in all of his studies, the main thing that people said is they couldn't really explain yoga or what it did. It just made them feel better. And that sometimes I'm at a loss for words. And that's what I end up saying. It it just makes you feel better. And I mean, I, it, it's just hard to explain. But I, I, I agree with you, though, that you can kind of tell. Um, I had a friend. I had an open house once um, at the studio. And later on, one of my friends came up to me and said, someone said to them, you could tell that she's the yoga girl, the way she's walking around, good posture, smiling. And I just always thought about that, that it, um, it was a wonderful compliment. Well, that's why I brought the question up, because it always seems that, well, not always, it seems more often than not that the people who are doing yoga wind up making some very drastic changes, not just in their physical appearance, but also in their attitude and their their outlook on life and their worldview. They always uh, seem to have a better outlook, a better attitude, uh, a better uh, connection with things. And where I'm, I'm just trying to figure out why doing a triangle pose can create that in people. I know, you know, I, one of the, the easiest, um, clearest ways for me to see that when I teach one of my corporate classes, it's a noontime class and it's pretty small, anywhere from four to six people. But this company, you know, they let their workers take this 45 minute yoga class and with them, because I know they're sitting upright, sitting at a desk, we always start on our backs with movement and breath and then end up doing some things where they'll have some, you know, hamstring stretching and, and hip flexor stretching where they can open shoulders and things like that. But those 
the people that come to that class, when, when that 45 minutes is over, they'll say, okay, okay, now I can make it through my day, or I feel so much better now, I, I know I can go back to my desk. And then I always remind them, just make sure you breathe. So I think they, you know, you take yoga and you learn that, okay, I'm, I'm holding my breath, I'm getting kind of stressed, let me take some deep breaths in and out. And just little things like that can can make life seem so much easier, so much better. Even if you can't do triangle pose, you could tap into some of that, maybe that feeling of what you get in your yoga class. That, that's what I always feel. You kind of can carry the yoga into everyday life. And, you know, like I, I don't think I get stressed as easily. Um, I don't think I get as upset. I do believe that thoughts become things. And I think about that a lot. Um, I have seen people that have made transformations and ones that aren't possibly ready maybe for transformation have sometimes left and I've never seen them again. But a, a lot of people, once they start taking yoga, it's, they usually don't, they usually don't quit. So, um, and I, and I think it's because you see those the benefits of, and stress keeps coming to mind this day and age with all the crazy stresses in the world. Um, I think if we have some tools to help us deal with that, that's again, not a pill. Um, I, I think it's, I think that's why you see those transformations. People have seen that there's another way to deal with stresses and issues off of their yoga mats, I think. Well, that's one of the main reasons why I started doing Reiki professionally is to try to uh, educate people that a pill is not the answer to the problem and that there are other ways out there to do it. And that's also the reason why I uh, uh, started this radio show is to teach people that the world is much bigger than what we thought it was. So I've, I've read a lot of articles, and there are some people out there who say that uh, you should not partake in yoga or should not practice yoga because it's contrary to uh, their religious beliefs and if you start traveling down the path of yoga you could wind up in a place that you know might take you away from your faith or whatever is yoga a religion and does it conflict with any religions i've also had that conversation many times and i make sure in my teacher training that we cover that because anybody that takes yoga or most yoga teachers will be asked that yoga is not a religion. It has stemmed years and years, thousands of years ago. It has stemmed from what started or seemed like some religious um, pieces of it, but it, it's not religion. It's considered a spiritual practice. There are some religions that don't allow their uh, parishioners or members to do yoga um, because they do say they think that it's like we're worshiping our ourselves, our bodies, or something outside of ourselves other than God. And I always say that when I'm on my mat, I feel a close, closer connection to God, a higher power, spirit, whatever you want to call it. I think that if you are strong in your religion, I think that it should only make your beliefs stronger. 
it's it can be a time of prayer for people. I've taught in churches before, and I tell people when you're on your mat, if if you want to pray, pray. I would say most of the time people don't because they're too busy thinking about what they're going to do next, what movement. But um, it it isn't a religion. I have lost a couple of people in the past because they just couldn't get over that idea that it wasn't religion. And then I found out at one point, one of the people in particular, they were actually searching for a church. So they weren't, their own beliefs were were very mumble jumbled. They, they didn't know what they what religion, what, you know, they just weren't strong in their beliefs. So they well, were going to get right back to that as soon as we come back from our break. My friends, you're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Weijin, and this hour we're talking with Chris Cruz on the benefits of yoga. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, my friends, and welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host and guide, Joe Wegent, and as always, our show is produced and distributed by the ever-expanding leader in New Age, Paranormal, Alternative Health, and Supernatural Programming, the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and Relmar McConnell Media Company, at their corporate headquarters and master control in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. To learn more about the World Beyond Radio show, your host, or to discover a wealth of other amazing shows and their hosts, please visit www.xzbn.net. To contact me to inquire about being a guest on the World Beyond, please email me at joewegent, that's Joe, W-E-I-G-A-N-T, at xzbn.net. Or you can visit my websites, www.paranormalpeace.com and www.reikichoice that's R-E-I-K-I choice.com You can also visit my pages on Facebook. Our, our guest this hour is Chris Cruz. She can be reached by email at clcyoga at gmail.com or you can visit her website clcyoga.com Chris we, when we left for our last break we were talking about the uh, spiritual benefits and the spiritual applications of yoga and how it is not a conflict of religion can, can we finish that up sure um, I, I think that still with some religions um, I, I still think it's a hard 
sell sometimes. And with, and with some people, it's a hard sell. Honestly, I can try to tell people that it's not a religion, but if in their mind they still are going to think it is, then um, sometimes I lose the battle. Um, I, I think that those people, they, they, they just need to find something else. I never try to convince somebody to take yoga, you know, um, to, um, I mean, you can only talk so much before people are going to believe what they want to believe. So true. So if I'm looking for a Reiki class, uh, what kinds of things would I expect to find and what should I start to look for if I want to, to, uh, to benefit me somehow? Oh, for a yoga class. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times, um, depends on what town city that you're in. Um, I think, um, you know, the, this day, everything's at our fingertips. So just even, um, you know, searching for a, a class online, uh, just to see what's available around you. There are so many different kinds of, of yoga. So if you are into the gym scene, you know, there's probably gym yoga you can do. Um, I was always drawn to this, the yoga studios, um, because I like the, the feeling uh, of a yoga studio. But um, I think just kind of searching, you know, there's there's so many different kinds. Um, um, if you um, are looking for something like a chair yoga, you know, just kind of searching for those kind of things and asking around. I'm sure a lot of people have taken yoga classes. So I think that word of mouth, you know, asking, asking around um, is probably a good way to do it. A lot of people, they're their churches have them, uh, yoga classes. I mean, the gyms, the universities, um, thank goodness they're bringing it into schools now. Um, but yeah, I think if, um, if you're looking for a yoga class, just kind of doing just kind of a search of what's available in your city or town is a, is a good thing. Um, I know even some of the smaller towns now have some, um, some yoga classes. I've had some girls take yoga teacher training from some really small towns within a couple hours of where I'm at. And they've actually started some yoga classes there. That's why they took the, the training because their town, as small as it was, didn't have any yoga classes around. So I've probably got a, a half a dozen different uh, yoga DVDs and, and s several books on it. But I, I Personally, I think doing it at home for me is not as fulfilling as being in a class, even though I'm I'm in the class doing it with other people. And when people ask me about yoga, I, I oftentimes will suggest if they don't want to go to a class to try it at home with a DVD first. But I usually try to get them to head toward a studio someplace where they can do it. What is it about the class or the, the, the studio situation that just seems to be as awkward as it might appear at first, it seems to be just more fulfilling than trying it at home on a, on a DVD. Yeah, I agree. And I, there are a lot of, um, you, even YouTube videos for people that don't know anything about it. I think, um, you know, just kind of watching some different videos might be a, that might be a good way to start just to see what some of the movements are. And it is kind of, funny when people go to first go to a yoga studio and have no idea you know we're saying put your left hand here put your right little toe here draw your shoulder here and then relax your jaw and breathe and it's almost like if you know if you if i think about the things that i say sometimes it's kind of comical because you're you're 
people in people's mind, they're probably thinking, you're asking me to do what? <laughs> so it's a, a whole lot of stuff that goes on. But I think um, when I had my studio, that what I wanted is for people to be able to escape some of the craziness of their lives. So that when you step into a yoga studio, hopefully it's more calm, it's more serene. Um, maybe there's, um, you know, the, the surroundings aren't so busy or crowded. Um, and that's what I liked about it. That and even though you were doing all these strange movements with people you didn't know, there was um, something about just being in that space, that uh, a space that's really made for um, a more calm experience um, versus, and there's nothing wrong with a, a gym yoga practice, but a lot of times this, the space is a little bit different feeling. So I'm always drawn to um, the, the studio setting also, but I do tell my yoga teachers, it's, it is really important to have a home practice of their own to be able to work on things or um, maybe try something new um, at home. I think it's kind of important, especially if you're one of those people that could maybe only go to class once a week. And, and that's another thing people used to ask me, well, how many times should I do yoga? I said, well, any amount of time is better than no amount of time. So I don't think there's any certain amount of time you know, I, um, people used to say, well, you need to take three classes a week to get benefit. And I don't really think that that's true. I think any amount of time you spend doing yoga is better than none at all, even if it's a few minutes here and there. Is it better to try to run through an entire routine, you know, whether it might be 45 minutes or an hour, or can also can you also generate some benefits just by working on let's say just one particular pose or one particular idea for, let's say if all you have is 10 minutes, can you also get some benefits from that? Yeah, and it's that, this is just my personal opinion of uh, other yoga teachers might say I'm wrong, but I believe that you can. I think that even if it's five or 10 minutes, the same with meditation, it doesn't have to be a set amount of time, just a few minutes of doing something like a yoga pose or meditating or breathing, all of it's going to have benefit, I think. Of course, again, that's just my opinion because some people might say, oh, it needs to be a certain amount of time. That, that's the other thing that happens these days is a lot of controversy because, um, you know, one yoga teacher may think one thing from their experience and another one might think another like me. So um, I always tell people this is this is just what I think or what's worked for me or what I found. So I think any amount of time that can be spent doing anything like that is going to benefit. If somebody wanted to take the teacher training course, uh, it obviously it would be beneficial if they'd been studying or practicing yoga for themselves for years at a time. But could anybody just walk off the street and say, you know, this is something I want to do and I want to help other people, or I want to add this to what I'm already doing and some other classes or options I'm giving people. Could they start taking the yoga training at that point and, and, and progress? Yes. I don't have a requirement for what I want people to be able to do when they come to teacher training. I do want them to have taken some classes and um, they need to be passionate about it. So I can usually tell the people that have taken some yoga and know that, that they love it and the people that 
um, just kind of on a whim say, oh, I want to be a yoga teacher. There are some other trainings that people will um, want you to be able to stand on your head in the middle of the room, do a full wheel pose or back bend. Um, and I never have had those um, requirements just because I know that every body is built different. And I don't care if you could stand on your head or not, because again, that's not not part of it. Um, not in my mind anyhow. But uh, anybody can take yoga teacher training, yes, but I, I think that they probably need to love yoga. That, that's one of, that's my main requirement is that they, they must love yoga because the people that want, that love yoga, that want to learn more about it, those end up being the best students in the class and teachers afterward. How long uh, does it take before you can start teaching classes after you've studied with your uh, your uh, classes? Um, I always tell people that they they can start teaching a class as soon as they're comfortable, as soon as they feel like they can safely lead people through a practice. Um, I always say, don't teach what you don't know. It never works out well. And uh, it depends on your area. Some people. Well, Chris, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. I think I've learned a lot, and I just want to thank all of our listeners out there who are tuning in to learn a little bit about yoga today. Folks, have a wonderful day. Enjoy yourselves. Thank you for listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and we'll be back again.